next, I suppose normal Sunday, will be on the 8th of January. And uh, we're going to start a new series in um, a book that I don't remember doing a series in before, on, on, in Proverbs. And Proverbs is a, a wonderful book of practical living, because it's about wisdom, how to live wisely. And there's so much in Proverbs that is repeated in different way through teaching of Jesus and in the New Testament epistles as well, which isn't surprising, is it? Because Jesus isn't just a wise, wasn't just a wise man. He is wisdom. He is the Word, and he is wise. So um, that's something we'll be starting in the in the new year. We we won't be going all the way through Proverbs. We'll be taking bits and pieces here and there, looking at different parts. So tonight. We're going to think of someone in the Christmas story who is often in the shadows. And actually and rightly we focus on Jesus. Um, he is the centre. Mary plays a large part, doesn't she? Because she's obviously very important. Um, the angels, um, as Christine said, the wise men, although they actually chronologically come a bit later on. Um, but it's all part in the sense of the incarnation. So... Uh, and um, I like We Three Kings of Horita, so uh, we're going to stick with that. And uh, so those, and the shepherds, of course, but we've forgotten one person, or I've left one person out, Joseph. And uh, we're going to read about him. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. One of the fascinating things about Christmas is that God chose very ordinary people, Mary and Joseph, to be the parents of a div the divine Son of God. And how, how God prepared Mary and Joseph is very interesting and, and fascinating. So that they would become the man of God and the woman of God and the parents of God that... Uh, were needed. At one Christmas nativity practice, a boy chosen to be Joseph was being really naughty. And he was misbehaving, he was making a nuisance of himself, and finally 
The teacher said to him, now you've been so naughty that you're not going to be Joseph. You can be the innkeeper instead. The little lad didn't like it. He kicked up a fuss. He was upset. He protested. But they stuck to their guns and they made him the innkeeper. He didn't have much to say, just to answer the door and say, I'm sorry, there's no room. The night came and all the mums and dads, aunties and uncles, grandparents, they all came out to see the nativity. And Mary and the new boy, who was taking the part of Joseph, came to the door of the inn. And they knocked. And the little boy, now playing the innkeeper, opened the door. And they said, may we come in? And the little boy stood and glared at them. And he didn't say anything. So they knocked a second time and said, may we come in? And the boy didn't say anything, he just folded his arms and looked at them. And the mums and dads, they looked at each other and smiled, they thought it was amusing. And then for a third time, Mary and Joseph knocked again and said, may we come in, please may we come in. And the little boy said, well, she can come in, but he can't. (laughs) Joseph is often left out. He tends to be the forgot. He does the. He? he tends to be the sort of the bit part player, sort of the one who keeps Mary company on the way to Bethlehem. And we do. We we speak about Mary and Joseph, not Joseph and Mary. Probably right because of the part that Mary played. But we don't actually know much about Joseph. We know that he was a. What was his profession? Carpenter. The the people of. Um, was it Nazareth said is is not this the son of the carpenter and the word carpenter could mean mason or builder Um, and it's likely that Joseph was an all-rounder as it were that was his uh, trade Um, but apart from that we know very little apart really from Matthew's account in chapter one and two and uh, the spotlight, to some extent, falls on Joseph. In fact, Joseph was spoken to by God more than any other person in the nativity time. Four times God spoke to Joseph. Um, Three times through an angel in a dream, and fourth time directly by God in, in a dream. Why did the Holy Spirit inspire Matthew to... include this about Joseph and I'm sure it was because one one of the reasons was because of the the lessons that come out of this this man's life and the journey that Joseph took now his great journey wasn't from Nazareth to Bethlehem so much as a journey of faith and God prepared Joseph through this journey of faith to become one, the godly husband that Mary needed, and two, the godly father that the human Jesus needed. And of course, he was the father of Jesus for as long as Joseph lived. <laughs> um, I'm not sure when he died. He thought that he died at some stage, because uh, he's not mentioned later on. But as Jesus, the baby, the toddler, the child, the teenager grew up, likely that Joseph was there being being the parent so Matthew 1 verse 18 if you've got a bible um, let's read Matthew 1 verse 18 now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph 
before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So, simply, learn that, Mary and Joseph were a young, betrothed couple. Now, I say young... It's interesting, I did a bit of digging, and, and there, there, there are dif- dis- disagreements about how old Mary was, and certainly how old Joseph was. It's generally thought that Mary would have been a young teenager. In, those, in that culture, it was the norm for a 12-year-old girl, or even thir- or 13, to be betrothed. And uh, so it's, it's generally thought that she was a young, a young teenager. Joseph, I was interested to find out, some think he was probably in his 20s through to his 90s. I know, ridiculous, isn't it? But that's what some say. And I looked up reasons why, and I'm not going to go into them now because I thought, well, that's daft, is that? So, but some actually think, it, so it, so it, who knows? We're not told how old he was. But I think they were young, so I'm going to say they were a young couple, young engaged couple. But they weren't engaged they were betrothed. Verse 18 again. The birth after his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph. The NIV has they were pledged to be married. Now, a, a, I'm sure you know this, but a Jewish betrothal had a much more significant had much more significance than a, an engagement today. A betrothal actually was a solemn pledge that involved a contract. So, and it was usually a contract between the families of the bride and the, well, yeah, the bride and the, and the groom. And uh, it was a binding agreement. So betroth- betrothed couples couldn't break off that without a divorce, a bill of divorce. They couldn't, once they were betrothed, that was it. So they needed a, 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 a divorce agreement, if you like, to break that off. But betrothal wasn't the same as marriage because there was no sexual relationship in that betrothal time. And that not that lovely how, how the Bible just brings that so lovely? Verse 18, again, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his Mary, mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Just discreetly put. In fact, actually, the betrothal period was often was seen actually as a mean, a way, if you like, of proving the purity of the bride, of the bride to be, because it was often it would be nine months or something like that um, to make sure that she wasn't pregnant, if you like, and, and and wasn't unfaith, hadn't been unfaithful. So, so Mary, she, she in the meantime, or, or, or rather, unknown to Joseph had been visited by an angel. We don't know how, Christine mentioned that was going back months. We don't know how long she kept that to herself. The angel had told her she was to have a baby. The baby was to be miraculously conceived by the Holy Spirit. Eventually, she broke the news to Joseph. that She was pregnant. She was expecting this baby. And as I said, we don't know when she broke it, she broke the news, she don't know how she broke it. However it happened, it must have come as a total bombshell to Joseph. It must have left him absolutely devastated. Up until that point, he'd had total confidence 
that Mary was a kindred soul, that they were spiritually in touch with God, <laughs> that they were faithful to God, someone after his own heart, someone he'd been looking forward to marrying, spending the rest of his life with. And suddenly she breaks this news that she's expecting someone else's child. So, well, you can understand, can't you? You can imagine the confusion, the anger, the devastation, sense of betrayal that Joseph must have felt. And, and his dreams were broken. His, 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 his dreams were dashed. Not only that, it, very soon the rumours would have started. Um, the old jungle drums would have gone and the people, I mean, in a tight-knit community like Nazareth, you couldn't keep a secret like that long for long. And you can imagine how Joseph must have felt when, when Mary tried to explain to him that it wasn't her fault, that an angel had visited her. And that God's spirit was somehow responsible for this baby. Can you imagine if some young girl in our congregation became pregnant and, and was saying that actually it was an angel who came, told me. And actually it, this, this baby was of, of God, produced by God, nobody else. I mean, we wouldn't believe that at all. So this was a bombshell to Joseph. So... It, this is where you start, we start to learn something about him, what sort of a man he was. So, verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So, First of all, he was a just man. The NIV has righteous. It's a word that describes a true believer. Joseph was a godly man. He was pious. He was, he was a spiritual man. It's an Old Testament way of saying he was saved, if you like. He was a man of faith. His faith was counted to him for righteousness. That's how Old Testament saints were saved. They weren't saved because they were born Jews. They were saved because they trusted in God. And that was counted as righteousness for them. And because he was concerned to do the right thing, he obeyed the law of God. And he would have been thinking to himself, you know, I cannot marry this girl. She's violated this principle of faithfulness to me and to God. And even though I care about her, even though I don't understand this, as a just man, I must do what the law requires. Now, the law, it's interesting, isn't it? Going back into the Old Testament before then, adultery was, well, it was bestoning. But they'd become much more lax by the time of Jesus' time. So that wasn't carried out, that had been carried out for actually centuries. And so the just thing was to divorce on, on the grounds of adultery. To put her away, the um, New King James, which literally means divorce her. So he was just. He was a man of integrity. That actually should be ours, shouldn't it, as Christians. We, we should always seek, no matter how costly... I mean, this was a costly thing for him to do. 
But no matter how costly, we have to be men and women of integrity and honesty. And that, that is so important as Christians. It says, walk, walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. And we, we have to maintain our truthfulness. We have to maintain our commitment to doing what we know to be right, even if it means our reputation is spoiled or whatever. I remember some while back, and this, I'm sure this has happened to you, someone was doing an electrical job for us at home and I'd asked a bit to be done and they said, oh, that, that'll be £80 cash, please. And it's obviously wanted cash. I said, well, could I write you a cheque? And they said, well, well, you'll have to pay that then in that case. I said, okay, well, that's fine. I'll pay that. That's the matter. So I wrote a cheque out. No problem. It's, it's just, just little things. Uh, a woman said to her husband, you won't believe this. I think I've sold this before, but our overnight guests have stolen our towels. He said, they've what? Do you know, he says, you can't trust anybody these days. Which ones did they take? She said, those beautiful white ones with Holiday Inn written on them. <laughs> I'm often called to write references, and I'm thinking about this. It's very hard to write references. Of some, It's great when that person you're writing a reference for you, you, you can just be so positive about But if you know that actually the person you're writing references for is, well, you have to be honest. And there's ways of writing a reference um, which is honest, and yet you don't want to spoil somebody for life by writing a bad reference. And I came across this. These are examples of ways to write references for people who you'd rather not have to write references for. Uh, without compromising your dignity... So you'd say something like this, in my opinion, you'll be very fortunate to get this person to work for you. <laughs> I most enthusiastically recommend this candidate with no qualifications whatsoever. I am pleased to say that this candidate is a former colleague of mine. Yeah. Give this man an opportunity and I've no doubt he will forge a name for himself. <laughs> that's crazy isn't it ambiguity but we, we do we need to be straight talking we need to deal honestly with people our yes needs to be yes our no needs to be no we need to be just and right Proverbs 19 verse 1 did you get the ESV no let me read this is the English standard version uh, Proverbs 19 verse 1 better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Okay, better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Proverbs 12:22 Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. It's those small areas that really matter. Joseph was a just man, a righteous man, and in a case of adultery, this would have meant ending the relationship, righteously so, calling off the marriage. That was the righteous thing to do. And that required a legal divorce. Not only was he righteous, but he was a compassionate man. Again, verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Again, put her away, divorce her. 
He was a kind man. He didn't want to disgrace Mary publicly or to humiliate her. I mean, she was already shamed, wasn't she? Her pregnancy would have ruined her chances of ever marrying again properly. But Joseph was tender-hearted. He had two options. He could go to an open court and publicly charge her with adultery and practically expose her and shame her. Or he could do it in a private way where he would need two or three witnesses, probably the, 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 the parents of Mary and maybe his own parents as well. And he could get a private divorce like that or a breaking or termination of their betrothal. And that's what he did because he didn't want to shame Mary. But while he was thinking about this, verse 20 says, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And I, I, I pictured Joseph wrestling with this, and like you do and I do probably, you go to bed and you're thinking about these things, of real difficulty, you're struggling with issues, and something's keeping you awake, and then you drop off. And it says that an angel, while he spoke to him, thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. And God intervened. This wasn't like a dream that we have. An angel, this was a real angel, and don't, don't ask me how, entered into his dreams and spoke to him. And the angel said, verse 20, 21, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Just saying, look, Joseph, you don't have to be afraid of this. Mary's baby has indeed been conceived by the Holy Spirit. It needed an angel to confirm that with him. It was so shocking, was it? And verse 24 and verse 25 says, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. So God intervened at the 11th hour, just at the right time. According to Jewish law, once a divorce had happened in a betrothal, on the grounds of adultery, it couldn't be revoked. So the couple couldn't get married again. The rabbis of that day wouldn't allow that. So God's timing was perfect. Every, everything about the timing of the birth details is perfect, wasn't it? it? When the fullness of the time had come, God, it says in Galatians 4, God sent forth his son. All of God's preparations for his son to be born were perfectly timed. So, just like Mary, Joseph, on hearing the news, immediately obeyed. He did it. Just, just did it. No matter how hard it was for him to understand. And we've talked about Mary's cost. It was just as costly for Joseph to make that decision. The fact that Joseph was prepared to marry Mary would have confirmed to everybody else 
what they'd been thinking all along. That it was Joseph's baby. And he was doing the right thing. Doing the decent thing, if you like. And yet, Joseph knew, and Mary knew, that they'd been chaste, they'd been pure, they'd been faithful. But he couldn't explain that. I mean, if he hadn't believed his wife-to-be, nobody else, how could he expect anybody else to believe what he said? Something so amazing. But he trusted God enough, and he was willing to act and obey what he believed to be right and true, whatever the stigma. And I was thinking, why did God delay telling Joseph? I mean, the angel that told Mary could have just told Joseph at the same time. That would have solved a lot of heartache, wouldn't it? He wouldn't have had to go through all of this agony. And one of the reasons I would suggest was that God had some amazing lessons of faith and obedience that he wanted to teach Joseph through this. And, and he would never have learned, had he not gone on that journey, how to trust God in the dark. He, he was determined to do the right thing. He was, he was crying out to God. I can imagine him in anguish crying out to God and in devastation, just his devastated heart, just saying, oh God, help me. I don't know what to do. So his, his, his hopes had been crushed. His, 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 his dreams were just gone. You know, dreams of a happy marriage, that had gone away. Hurts, anger, all of those emotions. Things that we will face in life. We go through all of those things. And he would be crying out to God. Crying out to God for wisdom. And he had to learn through that, that he could trust God. That God was in control. And so through Joseph's journey of faith, God was preparing a man to be the human father of his own divine son. A righteous man, a tender-hearted, compassionate man, willing to submit to the word of God. And he had to learn how to be willing to submit and obey whatever the cost to himself. And God had been preparing Mary in exactly the same way. So what a wonderful home. That Jesus was brought up in. What a, a lovely home with lovely parents. God had prepared for his son to be brought up in. You know, a, a loving parents who loved God, were devoted to God, honoured God, worshipped God, obeyed God in every area. They sought to follow God. And what a great environment for the child to be brought up in. So why did Matthew, through the Holy Spirit, tell us about Joseph? Well, because his journey reflects our journey so often. Uh, many of us take, when it comes to accepting and believing things, when the going gets tough, when things happen, when we, when we don't understand, sometimes when we're really crying out to God, we, we've, we've all get there, we'll all get there at some stage where we're discouraged as Joseph would have been, where we're perplexed, where we're confused, maybe disappointed by others. I mean, that's certainly how he must have felt with Mary, very disappointed with her. And yet we've been there, we go through it. And this is a, an encouragement to us to hang on to God, to know that God is in control that we can trust God in every situation. I mean, it's one thing knowing that with God every, nothing is impossible. It's actually believing it when, when you're actually through going through the mill. 
And I think this is an important lesson, and I just want to close with this. God is interested just as much in the journey we take as in the destination we reach. God is just as interested in the journey that we're on as in the destination we reach. He's as much interested in how we grow in faith and in patience as he is in answering our prayers or in sorting out our problems or in removing a particular issue or mountain that we're asking him to remove. And I think that's why he often waits and why he waits and why he waits sometimes to teach us those things, to help us to learn how to really, really trust him. Our priority, isn't it, is it's always to have the answer to prayer or to have the solution. God's priority is to make you and me the man or the woman of God that he wants us to be. God's priority is often different to ours. Our priority is usually the meeting of a need, the dealing with a shortage or the removal of a problem. God's priority is to sanctify that process to us. And sometimes just having to be obedient when we're still in the dark is God's will, perfect will for us. So the lessons of Joseph is to be, or the lesson of Joseph, is to be patient in our situation. Don't ever lose hope when things are just going out of control. In the words of Corporal Jones, don't panic or anything like that, but just trust in God and commit that to God. And ask others to pray for you. Sometimes it'll mean we're confused, maybe even crushed, overwhelmed at the end of our faith. Don't worry, God's in the process with us, as he was with Joseph, as he was with Mary. And it isn't just that God turns up when the answer comes, he's with us all the time, as with Joseph. Let's pray. So our Father God, we thank you for the lessons of these men and women that you have put into your word. Just ordinary people, learning as we have to learn. Sometimes, Lord, not even thinking that they're growing in faith, but just hanging on by their fingertips at times. And yet, Lord, in the process of that, you are at work and have been at work. How we thank you, Lord. Thank you for a man like Joseph. You kept him faithful to you, a faithful, tender-hearted man. And, Lord, we would be faithful and tender-hearted and compassionate. We would grow. We would want to be those people that you, Lord, are working in day by day, in every situation we face. Thank you that we serve the risen King and we serve one who has overcome everything that would hinder your will. You've overcome all sin. You've overcome the devil. You've overcome death. And every mountain, everything is under your control. And so, Lord, we trust you in every situation. We want to trust you more. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to sing, and it's an old, another old...